Morning, everyone. It's uh, lovely to be with you. I hope you have no problems understanding my Irish accent. Uh, but it is, it is nice to be here. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, John and Catherine and David and James for looking after me very well. And uh, it's nice to be here. I've heard, often heard of Charlotte Chapel, and it's nice actually to be here with you this morning. Well, I wonder, boys and girls, are you looking forward to getting off school? Yes. This Friday, isn't it? The, the, the end of this week, everybody finishes school. Yes, so somebody's going, yes. Do you know what your parents are saying? Oh, no. Oh, no. The trouble is that I have two children at home. And it suddenly hit my wife and I last week, last Friday evening... Our two children have now left school. We are too young to have two children just left school. One, one has finished and is hoping to go to university. The other uh, has finished and is going to uh, college of further education to, to study another, another course. But we dread them being off. You know, prizing them out of bed in the morning is difficult. And sometimes it doesn't get take too long till you discover I'm bored those are the words that parents dread I'm bored well parents I have good news for you here's an activity on a computer which doesn't take very long because sometimes you get children on a computer getting them off it's a problem and then some of the adults are worse but a little website is called www.wondersurf.com and on that you can go into a time capsule and you can discover many things from God's word. And you can sign in, put your own pass- password in and you can go through this time travel one a day. And there's even, when you finish that, there's a little little section which is a, a, you can go through like a daily devotional another 10-15 minutes maybe from God's word something you, there's half an hour of your long day taken up usefully learning about God's word so those cards will be given to you by the stewards as you leave to the children and if there's some left and you can think of somebody else you'd like to give one to then feel free to do so We're going on our own time capsule this morning and we're going back and we're going to think about a man called Peter. And the the visuals are going to be up. And we're going to think this morning about how Peter was forgiven. You know, how many of you have got a best friend? Many boys and girls have got a, a best friend. Someone that you play with, you play football with, the boys will fight with, the girls will fall out with. You know, you share your secrets, and that's okay. Until one girl says, do you see that boy there in the discoverer group? I like him. Don't tell anybody. And then the end of that beautiful friendship comes when she says, she likes him. I told you not to tell. And that can be it. But you know, if, if Peter was here today, 
He would tell you who his best friend is. We'll come to the next slide. Because Peter's best friend, if you were to ask him, was the Lord Jesus. Unlike all best friends, when you get older, and I was with a group of men on Friday night, and it was a trip down memory lane. And when you look back, and you will discover all those nice memories and all those fun things you had. And if Peter was here today, he would tell you about some of those things, and we read about them in God's Word, the Bible. Like the Sunday morning, or the Sabbath day, Peter and the Lord Jesus went to the synagogue. But when they arrived back, Peter's wife was, oh, she was panicking. Peter, Peter, my mummy's not well. I think she's going to die. And the temperature was going up and going up and going up. And she was getting really worried. And the Bible tells us that Jesus went into the room and he just spoke to her. And the temperature went down and she was able to get up and she was able to go about her normal business. But how was Peter's best friend able to do that? It's because of who he is. God the Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, the all-powerful one, who is able to heal. But you know, there's another day, that Peter, another thing that Peter could tell you about. Peter had to, sat and listened to many sermons from the Lord Jesus. And I can assure you that probably this sermon that the Lord Jesus preached is longer than the one that I'm talking to you about this morning. Because he preached all day. And as he got to the end of the day, he said to the disciples, we're going to feed all these people. And there were more, more people than are gathered in here this morning. Can you just imagine Colin there saying, uh, saying to some, one of the deacons, see all these people, they haven't brought lunch for the picnic. We're going to feed them. And they're like, where are we going to feed them? How are we going to do it? But Jesus knew. And there was a poor boy we knew he was poor, from a poor family because of the food that he had. Barley loaves, which was the, what the poor people would have eaten. Barley loaves and two small fish. And the Lord Jesus got the disciples to organize the people, go and get them in the groups of 50 and 100. Then he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he gave it out. And over 5,000 people were filled the Bible says they were satisfied. It was like that feeling that fathers have on Christmas Day when they've eaten so much that the belt has had maybe been loosened and not sure to. How was Jesus able to do this? Because of who he is. God the Son. But also Peter, being a fisherman, could tell you some stories. Like the day they'd been out all night and they had caught nothing. And Jesus said to him, as he got into Peter's boat, let's, let's take our boat away out into the deep. And Peter said, listen, we've been out all night, we've caught nothing. Because, but because you've said it, I will do it. See, that's very important for adults and for children that we need to obey what God tells us to do. It's so important. It's not just enough to read God's word. But we must learn it and we must obey it and put it into practice in our lives, 
every day. And Peter launched the boat away out. And then he said, put your nets out. And he threw the nets out. And as he threw the nets out, the Bible says they caught many fish and they needed help to get the fish into the boat. And Peter turned to the Lord Jesus and said, Depart from me, go away from me. For I am a sinful man. See, boys and girls and adults, that's what the Bible tells us about ourselves. We are all sinful. When I look at my, my daughter, who's now 16, and is nearly as tall as me, but that wouldn't be hard. Uh, I remember when she was born, I just looked at her and people say, oh, isn't she just, isn't she lovely? Look at the wee eyes and the wee nose. Oh, look, maybe she's long fingers, maybe she'll play the piano. She doesn't. Isn't she just perfect like her mother? No, she's not. Before anybody reports back to my wife, I'm not perfect either. Because the Bible tells us that none of us is perfect. Within a matter of weeks, Rachel was crying out a temper to be lifted. Evidence of the sinful nature. If I was to go to your mum and dad and ask, what was the, the wor- first word that your little Jimmy, or little Johnny, or little Mary said, first with clarity, the answer they would probably give me was the word, no. But I eat this up. Now, this is really, really nice. Now, it'll be good for you. Don't we tell some awful lies? I don't know how some of those babies ever ate that food, but it must have been nice for them. And, uh, come on, open up. No. Evidence of the sinful nature. And as we get older, we rebel in different ways. And the Bible tells us that sin is disobeying God's laws. And we think of God's laws, we just, even just take the Ten Commandments. Every time we tell a lie, we sin. Because we, we're breaking God's law. Every time we use God's name when there's no need to use it, we sin. We're breaking God's law. Every time we disobey our parents, you know, when they tell us to tidy our room. My daughter Rachel, she doesn't have a bedroom. She sleeps in Beirut. <laughs> it is awful. We, it's, a, it's going to be a summer long task to get that room tidied. And how she finds her clothes to wear, I don't know. She picks up bad habit up from her mother, but again, don't tell her. But you know, we're sinful by nature. And Peter realized he was a sinner. And one night when Peter was out in the boat and the Lord Jesus came out walking on the water and he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And he did. And Peter was out walking on the water. But when he started to sink, when he took his eyes of the Lord Jesus, he shouted out, Lord, save me. And boys and girls and adults this morning, if we have never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's what we need to do today. Not tomorrow. We can't be sure of tomorrow. But even right now where we sit, we can turn from our sin and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Savior. But you know, Peter Peter discovered one day that the Lord Jesus knows everything. Peter was talking to a man who said, does your um, master pay the temple tax now? Hold on, we've got... You know, income tax and value-added tax and that dreaded poll, t- or what was that, the community charge or whatever. And of course, if Alex Salmon has his way, we'll have a local income tax of some kind or other. Dear knows what Mr. Pacey will give us in Northern Ireland. But anyway, uh, we'll, get some t- we'll get some tax. 
But temple tax. That's every Jewish male had to pay a coin. A half a shekel. The words the upkeep of the temple. And Peter says, of course he does. And Jesus gives us, was he talking about the temple tax? He says, yes. Well, you go down to the water, throw in a line, and catch a fish. And the first fish that you catch will have a coin in its mouth. Right, where's all the fishermen? Anybody like fishing? A few. Do you enjoy it? I'm glad you do. My, my fishing was limited to catching little uh, sticklebacks in a, in, a, in a river with a net. I went out fishing once and never again. Have you ever caught a fish with a coin on its mouth? No. Neither did Peter, probably. But he threw the line in, and just as Jesus said, there was that coin in its mouth. See, the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus knows all about us. Knows where we live. Knows who we are. Knows our age. We can't hide anything from him. The Bible says that the, God knows the very number of the very hairs on our head. It wouldn't take too long for him to count mine. But here's a scary thing. He knows what we think. Oh dear. Would you like your mum or your dad or your school teacher or even the man standing up here speaking now would you like them to know what you're thinking about them sometimes? No. But God knows. Even the very thoughts he knows. But you know the Lord Jesus told the disciples that he was going to die. And Peter says, listen, I won't let you die. I'll, I'll give my life for you. I won't let them take you. He says, Peter, before, you, before the rooster crows twice, you will tell them you don't even know me three times. No way. But after, after a while, Judas came with the, with the soldiers and they arrested Jesus and Peter got a sword and he slashed out with it and cut off the high priest's servant's ear. And she says, Peter, that's not the way to do it. And he healed the high priest's servant's ear. Again, because of who he is, God the Son. The next thing we find Peter, we find Peter and he's warming his hands by the fire. And a girl comes and says to him, Peter, you're one of his followers. Oh, no, not me. I don't know him. And a second time it happened. And a third time. And just as that happened, the rooster crowed and Peter realized, Oh, I have done what Jesus said. I have let him down. And the Bible tells us that Peter caught a glimpse of the Lord Jesus. And he went away and he cried, Oh, how can I have let my friend down? I need to be forgiven. But within a matter of hours, the Lord Jesus was taken and he was nailed to a cross. And on that cross, he was taking the punishment for sin that we deserve. On that cross, God was pouring on his son the sin of the world. Even the sin that Peter had committed. And you know, Peter was shocked on the third day of the week when they got the news from the women. He's not there. He's alive. And Peter ran to the tomb. And discovered that the body wasn't there. You know, it was so important that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. 
Because a dead saviour could save no one. That's what Paul says. If Jesus Christ is still dead, then our faith is in vain. We're most miserable. Let me illustrate it to you. Anybody here ever have goldfish? Where's all the gold? Yes, goldfish. Well, my son, I think he's had three or four. Tim, he got two goldfish for his birthday. Sam and Elvis. After two characters in Fireman Sam, he was, he was in the Fireman Sam at that season a big time. If he told him that now, he would be deeply embarrassed. And Sam and Elvis were the best goldfish that ever lived. And, you know, they would have chased each other around in the tank. They would, he put food in, they jumped up to get it. And sometimes they jumped up out of the water. It was a, they had a great time. And one morning, I was awake early, and I thought I would do my good deed for the day. I would change the water. So, I had to chase Sam and Elvis around the tank till I got them into the wee net and filled with ice, ice cream carton with water and put them in and they were quite happy. Emptied the water out and the stones and washed the little stones that were at the bottom of it. Washed the tank out. Put the stones back in. Put the, the uh, water in. Put Sam and Elvis in. But within ten minutes... Sam and Elvis had gone to meet their maker. I think I put water in, it was too warm. And uh, I am the best murderer of goldfish. I looked after my nephews a few, uh, couple of years ago. Nothing to do with me, but Mickey went to make his maker as well. But if, if, I, if I changed water and put cold water in, children, would Sam and Elvis come back to life again? No, why? Why? Tell me. Because they're dead, isn't that right? And what can Sam and Elvis do because they're dead? Nothing. If Jesus Christ had us dead dead, he cannot take away all our sins. And the Bible tells us that some stage in Resurrection Day, the Lord Jesus met Peter. And I would love to know what Jesus said to him. But we're not told. But we are told about one night, which was read for us so well. When Peter said to the disciples, let's go out fishing. And they went fishing, and they were fishing all night, and they caught nothing. And suddenly a voice shouted from the beach, throw your nets on the other side. And they threw their nets over and they had so many fish and Peter suddenly realised it's Jesus. And he jumped out of the boat and there Jesus was cooking breakfast for them. And they had fish and they had bread for breakfast. And just at the end of that breakfast the Lord Jesus drew near and he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Peter, Peter said, of course I, I love you. Then feed my lambs. And then a second time, and a third time, Jesus spoke to Peter. And Peter admitted that he loved him, and he was told, feed my sheep. That day, Peter knew that he was forgiven. And you know, 
there are times when we do things which are wrong. And here's a verse from the Bible which tells us that if we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, if you're a Christian boy or a young person, and you've trusted in the Lord Jesus and you've let him down, this is what we must do. We must confess our sin. As one of the men in the prayer meeting before the service said, the good thing is to keep short accounts with God. When we sin, tell him we're sorry and he will forgive us. But if you've never trusted him, you need to check your life and confess your sin to God. That's what he wants you to do. And God's word gives us a verse that, uh, which tells us what we need to do. Because, go to the next slide. It says this, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know that according to your bulletin that some of you are going away to camp next week. And I have, I have a couple of camps this summer as well. And one of, the, one of the trips in our camp is we go to the swimming pool. Part of the reasoning let into the secret of that is to make sure that some of them have an encounter with water at some stage. And parents will know what I mean. And, you know, there's some of them think they're the world's best swimmers. And you say to them, now, stay at the shallow end. But there's always one, always one who thinks, I know better. I'm the best swimmer around. And they jump into the deep end and they realize, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So what do they do? They shout out, help! If we have never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. We need help. We need the Lord Jesus Christ to change our lives and to take away our sin. And this verse tells us that whoever, and you can put your own name in there, if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you ask him to forgive you for, for your sin. The promises of God were, God's word is this, that you shall be saved. Maybe this morning there's some adult, there's some child, who realizes that they need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. Don't delay but this morning, come and put your trust in him. And if you need some help, maybe you're not sure, maybe you have a question, come and speak to one of the pastoral team or speak to myself. We can't save you, but we can show you from God's word how you can have your sin forgiven, that you can be like Peter and know that you have been forgiven. We're going to close by singing uh, the words of hymn number 302, which are going to be on the screen. I want to walk with Jesus Christ all the days I live of this life on earth.